Welcome to a talk from St Saviour's Sunbury. We hope it blesses you. Just before we start our reading, I was just conscious as we were singing there of the theme of storms and troubles. Um, many people here perhaps are going through stormy times and we were singing there about trying to sing in the middle of the storm. Not an easy thing to do. But you do need to trust, even in the worst of storms, that the ship can't sink when Jesus is on board. Our theme today is quite uh, historically controversial. And this reading is at the centre of that controversy uh, over the years. It's in James chapter 2. I don't know if it'll come up on the, uh, on the overhead. I'm sorry I can't see anybody. I'm totally dazzled by these lights. Uh, I, I really hope somebody's going to do something about them one day. Anyway, the reading from James 2, verse 14. The subheading is Faith and Deeds. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by what he does, and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off on a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Perhaps you can understand something from that reading of the mystery and the controversy of it because at a superficial reading, you've got two sort of competing sorts of ideas going on and I'm sure uh, the writer 
uh, James had encountered both extreme views in the people he was writing to. Some people, perhaps more out of the tradition of the Old Testament, uh, thought that you're justified by deeds. You keep the laws. The Pharisees were sticklers for this, weren't they? Do this, do that, do the other, and you'll be all right. Deeds, 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 as though you could earn uh, merit by following all the rituals and all the ceremonies. On the other hand, uh, there are others who might say, no, 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 that's not good enough, uh, because our deeds are never good enough. If you even sin once, you're doomed, because the law can't give a remedy for sin. It can only tell you you are a sinner. It doesn't actually cure anything. It just says, here's the standard, and you've fallen short. So deeds uh, alone don't cut it, which is otherwise Jesus wouldn't have needed to come, and we'll get to that later. But faith alone, now that is more controversial still. Faith alone isn't going to cut it either. I'm going to read you a little poem. Maybe it'll uh, help you. This is not scripture, so it doesn't have to be anything more than seen as a poem. But anyway, let's see what you think. Believe and be saved, the minister said. Believe and be saved and rise from the dead. Through grace you are saved from sin and from hell. So simply believe and all will be well. The preacher continued and read from the book. How can all reach heaven, both angel and crook? When all had been said and the church recessed, with money collected and everyone blessed, the preacher retired to his spacious new home in his humble Mercedes with everything chrome. He, he sat in his study. I hope nobody's got a Mercedes here. Anyway, um, he sat in his study, his thoughts running deep. He dozed for a moment and died in his sleep. He ran to St. Peter and, wearing a grin, said, I believe in the Saviour, so please let me in. Oh, no, not another, said Peter with a sigh. Satan's sure working the tolls running high. The preacher looked puzzled and saw in a flash the fan of salvation beginning at last. Believing is nothing if nothing is done. In getting to heaven, you follow the Son. To follow a leader, you do what is said. Faith without works is nothing but dead. Satan knows Jesus, believes in him too. So what's the difference between Satan and you? Believe in the Saviour, but always recall, faith is important, but sure isn't all. So we need to examine a little uh, what is faith. I've got a couple of, uh, if somebody's got the uh, overhead projector thing working, a couple of pictures of uh, a historic event which might throw some light on this uh, idea of faith and works. It's about uh, somebody who was a gymnast and uh, a trapeze artist called Blondin. And he was pretty good at what he did. Uh, which is basically walking along ropes and not falling off. And he got more and more daring as time went on, as his career developed. And he, at one stage, got to this point 
uh, you know, he's looking for more and more spectacular venues to show off his skill. And he lighted upon the idea of walking across the Niagara Falls on a rope, which he did relatively easily uh, by his standards. And he then said, okay, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it with a wheelbarrow. Um, anybody believe that I can do that? Yeah, all their hands went up. Who'd like to be the first to get in the barrow? However, his manager, seeing a financial opportunity about to evaporate, sort of hesitantly put his hand up. And uh, I think as the story goes, the barrow was too small or the man was too big, so he actually had to give him a piggyback across the falls. Now, I don't know if there's a picture anywhere here. Uh, now, that... I have to explain a little bit of physics here. I don't think in the 1860s they had very good telephoto lenses. And there's certainly no video footage of this. Okay? So this isn't the Niagara Falls, but it is Blondin carrying a bloke on a wire on his back. So at least you've got that bit of it uh, right. But doing it across Niagara Falls, you know, it's quite a long way, so the picture would be really, really small halfway across. But basically, he was knackered halfway across and had to stop and have a rest and take the bloke off his back, have his rest, get his strength back. And then the trick was to get back onto his back, still in the middle of the Niagara Falls, on his rope. And they managed it. Goodness knows how. And then he started another problem. Because he and the man were so heavy, the rope was sagging, and it was quite a steep gradient up to where it was tethered at the other side. So he realized he was only going to make it if he ran. So he actually had to run with the bloke on his back, and he made it. Anyway, to cut a very long story uh, short, that's an exercise of faith here somewhere. The crowd had a sort of faith. <laughs> Yeah, you can do it. I bet you can. But the faith that mattered was the faith that got in the barrow kind of belief. And it's the same with our belief in Jesus, in God. It's no use believing in your head, yes, it's a good idea, or yes, I'm sure he did die. I'm sure he did rise again even. I'm sure all the theology of every bit of the Bible is correct. I'm sure that's all right. That faith, if you stop at that point, is useless. It's worse than useless, in fact, because it then means you've got no excuse whatsoever for not having acted on it. The bit that actually matters is the acting on it. Let's put it another way. When Jesus was about to ascend back to heaven, he commissioned his his apostles and disciples to go out. What did he say to do? Go and... It wasn't make converts. It was make disciples. What is a disciple? Well, Jesus said what the disciple was many times uh, in his uh, discourses in 
<clears throat> just around the Last Supper, John 14 and 15. You are my disciples if you do what I tell you. If you obey my word, if you put it into practice. Another well-known story. I was going to ask a question of which is the most scary verse uh, in the Bible. Uh, no, you might, uh, you might ponder that one for a moment. But one of the verses that makes you shudder, possibly, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount is where Jesus says to somebody, depart from me, I never knew you. And this person had boasted to Jesus, he'd done all sorts of good things. And Jesus said, I never knew you. What a tragedy to get, in one sense, so near, but yet be so far. Let's look at this story further on, see how it works out. Faith and works. The faith that matters is the faith that rests on what you believe, that acts on what you believe, that believe and actually experiences what you believe. I've been uh, a chemist for most of my life and uh, we're blessed with the old technology when I was teaching that you had little test tubes and you could sort of say, I had this and I had that. I made a terrible mistake once on teaching practice of predicting in advance what was going to happen and somebody gave me the wrong uh, ingredients and totally the opposite happened. But normally, when you've got your sums right, you can say, if I add A to B, such and such will happen. And you can stand objectively there looking at it and say, yes, I, th I believe that's going to happen. It's not like that with a Christian faith. You've actually got to climb in the test tube. You're an ingredient. You are going to be reacted upon irreversibly by Jesus. It's not a return ticket. It's a one-way ticket. You either want it or you don't. The faith that matters, getting in that barrow or climbing on the bloke's back, there's no turning back. You can't walk the side rope yourself uh, on the way back because he's got the only, only balancing pole there is. Uh, so... Think about this when you're becoming a Christian. All those lovely people who we rejoice have rung the bell on a weekly basis here, giving their lives to Christ, are just at the beginning of a journey, an exciting journey, a journey with Jesus for the rest of your life and indeed for the rest of eternity. But you don't just stop and go on doing what you were doing you're on a new path, a new trajectory. You're changed by the whole process. You're in the test tube. Jesus' blood has made you clean. You're a new person, new creation. It's all different. Let's look at these two stories quickly before I run out of uh, time. The story of Abraham and the story of Rahab. It's interesting to note in the story of Abraham that where it says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness was actually said some 20 years before Isaac, his son, was born. It wasn't said 
about him uh, being willing to offer him up uh, as a sacrifice. It was way before that when he believed God, when he said he was going to make him the father of uh, a great nation. The point that James is making is that it's out of that belief, which he already had, that the Isaac incident happened as a demonstration of the faith he'd already got. It wasn't that deed itself uh, that was the beginning of his faith, as it were. It was just a continuation. Abraham had showed faith on many occasions all through that uh, period. On the theme of sex, that's got somebody awake. Martin told me I had to say something provocative at the end of 10 minutes to make sure you're awake. Was sex provocative? Probably. Um, in general terms, you can't win the lottery without buying a ticket. Think about having Isaac. You don't get it, do you? All right, I'll try it again. How do you have a child? The same when you're 99 and 90 as when you're in your 20s, 30s and prime. You've got to have an act of faith at that sort of age and stamina. <laughs> but you've got to do it. You're not going to have a baby if you don't. He had to believe God, didn't he? Even, he, he started not having very much faith and he tried it with his ma her maid. But God said, no. The one I'm wanting to bless is your child with Sarah. Think about it. A lot of faith involved in that. Probably enjoyment as well. Let's move swiftly on then to prostitutes. Oh dear, it's not a comedy show this. But it lightens the mood. I don't think the vocabulary of the time is probably adequate to describe Rahab in that way. I suspect the reality would have been that Jericho would have had a sort of what we might call loosely an inn or somewhere where travellers came to eat, to drink, to find lodgings or whatever. It was probably a general sort of meeting place. And I think when you look at the story, she might have been uh, maybe... The, the, the manager or even the owner of the inn or something like that because we're talking uh, in the passage about her, her parents, her children and all sorts. So you can imagine the scene really in Jericho where these two spies come in that Joshua sends ahead to wrecky the land because they were about to come and flatten <laughs> Jericho. So they, um, so they were going to check it out. However, they were rumbled because uh, the king uh, heard about it and sent soldiers or whatever to the, the inn to Rahab and say, where are these men? Hand them over. Oh, she said, no, they've gone. Um, she pr protected them by hiding them under bales of straw on the roof. But she did a deal with them because she said, yeah, because this would be a centre of gossip and all the people travelling would pass through. So she knew the gossip and they were coming in saying, oh, crumbs, the Israelis are coming, the Israelis are coming. And they were terrified and all these people were fleeing 
from the advancing Israelis. The Israelis themselves aren't the problem. It's their God that's the problem. He parted the Red Sea. He's feeding them. He's parted the um, Jordan. He's got pillars of fire. and So our gods can't stand up to that. You're going to win. And she knew, probably better than the Israelis themselves did, that the winning side was going to be God's side. And she said, I know you're going to win, so remember me when you come into the town, and I'll rescue you now if you rescue me then. Fair deal. And she struck this deal with these two spies, and they tied uh, a rope in the window, and she let them down outside uh, the walls of the city so that they could escape. She suggested a good route. Uh, go to the mountains and hide until the people looking for them have given up. And sure, um, when the day came that uh, the Israelites did indeed uh, flatten Jericho, the first thing they did actually was to rescue Rahab and all her family. And it's worth realizing that she integrated into Israel as a believer, and actually is in the genealogy of Jesus himself. And David and Boaz, she was in that line. So God had accepted her into his family on the faith that she actually believed that uh, there was only one God and it was Israel's God, not all the tin pot things that she was used to around and about. So she deserves to be recognized what about for us what does believing actually mean these these characters obviously believed and then did something about it what about us I was minded uh, only a few days ago but uh, I've said this to one or two people. A friend of mine uh, is at the moment dying of cancer down in, uh, in Devon. Well, he's actually in a Cornish hospital, but on the Devon border. Um, and he was the person who uh, first invited me to go to Crusaders, a Bible class. And he wasn't trying to be an evangelist at the age of eight. You don't think like that. You just said, I found a good thing, come and share it, and we'll cycle to it together. Very simple and straightforward. Um, and I loved all the stories uh, and lapped it up for quite a long time. Uh, I never doubted it, really. Um, but I went to a school camp when I was 15, many years later, and somehow a penny dropped. Really, there was this chorus. I don't know if off the cuff I can remember it. Uh, if I get halfway through, I might have to just improvise. Um, it was something like, <clears throat> Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There, my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. I can remember it. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> it made all the difference between knowing it up here and knowing it in your heart. 
and then uh, the rest is history. <laughs> Not a good history, but we try to grow as Christians. But it's only the beginning of the journey. It's not the end of the journey. That's just when you start. So you can't really drive a wedge between faith and deeds. You can't be saved only with deeds because clearly we can't do good enough deeds to atone for our sin. Only Jesus can save us from our sin. But faith as an isolated intellectual assent isn't going to get the job done either. You need a faith that changes your life. Well, he does the changing. You have to be the willingness. You have to be the, the clay that can be remolded. But it's, that's, that's how it is. You have to act on, obey, follow the rest of your life. And it's worth it. Highly recommended. We do have storms and floods, but we don't sink. Okay? We've got the buoyancy of the Holy Spirit. We've got the strength of the Holy Spirit to get us through all the rough periods uh, that we all experience and go through. So that's James. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all you have done through Jesus to make possible our restoration to communion with you. You created us for friendship with you. That friendship was broken by our sin. has now been re rectified by the blood of Jesus shed for us. Thank you, Lord, that we can have a living relationship with you. Not a dead religion, but a living relationship with you. That you go with us through our struggles, through our joys, through our tears. You are with us. Thank you, Lord. Fill us afresh today. Encourage us with that faith that can move mountains, even though the mountains seem immovable we just pray in your precious name amen for more information about st saviors please visit our website at www.stsaviorssunbury.org.uk thank you